that in real life we can use. We can build our life, we can progress our life, we can move forward, just like in the previous chapter, we can move forward if we go step by step, if we present. If we are anxious about the future, then we will stop at a crossroad and not be able to make a decision. This is Nasa Alsugaya and welcome to Chapters of My Life podcast. Have you ever asked yourself, what could be my life book look like? Looking back in life, to be honest, often we forget the adventures, the life turning points, setbacks, the challenges or happy moments we experienced. But what counts really is to capture these past chapters and the learnings from them which lead to the person you are today. In other words, connecting the dots. Chapters of My Life podcast is an inspiring collection of life transitions packed into a podcast audiobook format, capturing the willpower and belief of people drawing important life-changing decisions. And you can find this podcast also on iTunes. Just search for Chapters of My Life. And in this long audio conversational podcast, we really dig deep in conversation with innovators, athletes, entrepreneurs, idealists, to give an insight into their past life from young age till today maybe future untold plans. So no doubt that our conversation can last up to two hours. But that's the beauty of long podcasts, isn't it? You can split them throughout the week. Because I aim to release one podcast per week, and I hope it will really work out. My primary goal is to cover topics around sports, entrepreneurship, mindfulness, travel, nutrition, yoga, meditation, and more. Everything which leads to the person they are today. But please also leave some comments. Who else do you want to hear? Are there specific topics you want to hear more from people? Let me know. Just leave some comments or PM me on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at by Daniel Ludwig. Also check out the show notes for direct links. Last week we had Yasmin Fatima on our podcast episode in book number five. A former Silicon Valley software engineer and project manager from Intel, Visor, and EMC, who aims to bridge the gap from California entrepreneurship hub lifestyle to India with her foundation of equal citizenships, where she empowers young underprivileged people to prepare them for the private but also professional future. This week, I have a special podcast guest, Nasa. He is not just a valued colleague of mine, no, he is in my eyes also inspiration for many young people out there who are lost in knowing their true self. Nasser did describe himself as a minimalist, coach and hippie on a quest to discover what makes human beings feel alive, happy and fulfilled. He kept asking what makes a human being feel alive. Nasser questioned the education system as a wrong step to reward conformity. In fact, he highlights the two C's, curiosity and choice. Curiosity is the fuel that we run on. Choice, on the other hand, is the spark that turns fuel into fire in the belly. I experienced NASA at our current workplace at Shira Entrepreneurship Center in Sharsha, UAE as explorer and fighter against the traditional learning system. Finding the inner child isn't on his quest. No, he has it already brings this to daylight on his daily coaching work to young professional students to find their true passion and potential in entrepreneurship, life and career. He chose his book title Life Without a Script 
It says it all. No conformity to status quo while being curious of what is next. Being open for change while living in the present. He chose seven chapters, starting with chapter one, Living by the Script, where he explains more about his lost engineering study years, but also his first professional years in PNG, where he could also see useful learnings for his future path. Chapter two, he literally is taking the leap, where he talks about a step-by-step -step personal progress towards inner satisfaction. He emphasized building the bridge while knowing his priority was key in his part of his life and the years ahead. Chapter three, he asked, what is less? He called it stripping down and explains what decluttering minimalism uncovered in his life. Chapter four is all about moving forward, taking the next steps in his life at working closely with university students at Shira Entrepreneurship Center. Living an extraordinary life in an ordinary environment is pretty much a summary of chapter five, which he called exploration. He explains his first trip to US and the World Domination Summit in Portland in 2017. Founded by Chris Gilbert, author of the books which you might know, The Art of Nonconformity or The $100 Startup. Chapter six is about becoming human which is about how to bring your inner child out and how to create things in a moment. He lives it today at Courtyard Playhouse, a performing arts theater in Dubai, known for their improvisation stage plays. Last but not least, finding clarity in confusion, which is his last chapter, number seven, where he aims to live in the present, in the flow, and expanding improvisation techniques to help others finding their passion in life. Well, enough said. I would say let's start the podcast. Let's get started. Enjoy. Here we go. Thanks, Nasa, for taking the time today. Thanks for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks. Late, late after work, meeting together. Actually, we are currently at the university. And we just uh, got started. And, and we just started, actually, in an educational environment after work. So how are you feeling? <laughs> Great. I'm excited. So I mentioned that in the intro a little bit about your background. Um, but what the audience don't know much about is we currently working together. Mm. I know you for... Just thinking, just counting. It's one hour. No, no, one hour. One, one year. And... Eight months? And a half, yeah, more than a year and a half. A little bit yeah. more like this, yeah. yes. So I want to kickstart this um, podcast um, before I go later into your chapters and all the details with something which I really, really found inspiring online. And that's the reason why I actually also uh, wanted you to be part of this podcast. Uh, not just what you really truly believe in, which is really worth sharing as well, but also what you stand for. And that's, to be honest, rare and unique in this not just in this uh, environment in general worldwide you once wrote online and you once mentioned online curiosity is the fuel that we run on and you said curiosity you need curiosity plus choice mm. what you as a person what makes you very what, gave, what gives you a lot of energy? You as a person, you as NASA, what gives you a lot of energy, curiosity, where you say, 
I can't get enough from this. Uh, wow, you reminded me of something that I wrote wrong long time ago. Yes. Um, yeah, I was like, did I write that? And then I was like, yes, yeah, I wrote that. What's online is online. Yes, Even it never if... gets erased at all. Exactly. Which, which is good. Does it still stand for? Does it? What, what, does still, it, what, what did you mean I, by that? You, so, you wrote once curiosity so yeah. plus choice. So I, I live by this. And, um, and I think it's a challenge today that a lot of people... It's a formula. Curiosity plus, plus choice um, is a recipe. Um, for me, what brings my curiosity and energy um, is knowing that there are so many things out there that I still don't know. Is knowing that I'm, I've only known whatever I've, I think I knew so far is just a little bit of an, a drop in the ocean. Um, so the reason why the formula is saying curiosity plus choice, curiosity is you wanting more wanting to learn more to grow more to to explore to know the things that are that you don't know to know the unknown uh, choice is choosing to pursue and do whatever it takes to learn the unknown and to deep dive into the unknown so it's not enough to say i'm curious about sports but you're not running it's not enough to do that and just say that I'm interested in something but not take the action. So choice is pretty much um, like a spark. It's a spark that you put um, on the fire. So there is a, curiosity is a little bit of fire. Choice is a spark that you throw in it so that that fire um, becomes more and more. Very interesting. Actually, and that blog post you wrote a long time ago, you actually defined choice as the spark that turns fuel into the fire into a fire in the belly yeah so you can literally feel the, the fire in your belly right mm -hmm. you feel that you know that you are yeah. more like you want this you want this curiosity and when i wrote the, uh, when i saw this it's just underline exactly the way i know you you talk with pictures you're talking in a very easy understandable way where your um, what young people actually understand with pictures and that's what i found most inspiring since Thanks, i've written with you they're looking into not just explaining something very complicated but also with pictures which is easy to understand thanks man i remember something and i remember the time that i wrote this um so this is something that i read a long time ago it was um is from the founder of y combinator he had a blog post where he talked about curiosity and choice and that they're the fuel for passion. So that stayed in my mind. And since then, I've, I've been, I, I, wrote, I read about this long time ago, like two years ago. And then I've been experimenting around. So what I do is I'm in an environment where there are young people, uh, university students. And a lot of the work that I do is trying to understand how can I wake up young people from people who just are unconsciously living through life into people who are making their own decisions of what they want to do, of choosing, of first of all, figuring out what they like to do and then choosing to do it. And um, after two years of looking 
and interacting with many students, I find those two elements completely missing in the environment. The uh, curiosity, curiosity and, and choice. choice. And there are different reasons for... It's not like one reason that caused both of them to not be strong in young people. No, it's different reasons that impacted each. Um, so curiosity is something that we have as kids. When we're born, we're born curious. Um, the kid goes and touch the flower, play with the soil, uh, play with the dirt, comes back home, all their clothes is dirty, now the mom is angry, what are you doing, I need to clean your clothes. Um, the, you give the kid the food, they start playing with the food, putting the rice on, on the milk and mixing everything together and say, what's on the mind of that kid? And it's just that the kid is curious. What will happen if I put rice on milk? That would be rice pudding. Um, that's how it was invented, most probably by a child. Uh, but can we know that story now? Yeah, that's, that's the story of it. Now you know it's a secret, not anymore. Um, so curiosity is something that we all have or had at once at one point in time. And over time, it faded out or became less and less. And to some extent, almost um, became something that's not in existent in, in us. So in adulthood, in adulthood, uh, as we exactly. become adults mm -hmm. and um, you can, as adults, you can try to remember what made you curious. You can get back that thing. It's not that you're learning something new. It's not like a skill. You're learning it for the first time. Communicating to people is a skill that you learn over time. When you're born as a mm -hmm. child, it's hard for you to communicate. So you learn the language and then you start communicating. Exactly. Curiosity, you already have it as you as you're born but you lose it so all we have to do as adults is to relearn what we forgot um so that's the part of the curiosity and why we lost curiosity on, yeah. on choice perfect so what you just mentioned about uh, your kids um and i totally share that with you as well right. as, a, as a as a kid uh, when you're relatively young you still have dreams regardless of how impossible these dreams are but later on adults tell you These are impossible. They are not reachable. Go back to the basics, be realistic, etc. Mm. And over time, we're actually forgetting how to be curious because we've been told to be more realistic. Yes. And that's where actually the curiosity dies during this like kind of teaching from the adulthood. And that's what I really found inspiring from your side that you actually keep, you're not, you're not just as a person, you're still very curious and very like, you know, open-minded with all this. You're actually trying to communicate this, not just to the younger generation, but also the adulthood. To be more curious, to be more asking questions hmm. in a way where adults would not ask. And that would lead you to so many other discoveries hmm. in life. That's what I really admire in you, you as well. And that's the reason why I wanted you to be part of this podcast is because you have a message to share for people who might have forgotten something in life. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, that's the part when we talk about curiosity, the part of a choice is something else as well, where we all have the choice to make whatever decision that we want to do in our lives. Um, we can go in any direction that we want. We can choose to go in a direction. Uh, but, in most cases, I notice that people forget that they have the choice. So what happens to people is that 
they either hesitate to make a decision. Um, they are at the crossroad. Do I go right or left? I don't know if I go right. These are the pros and cons. If I go left, these are the pros and cons. And then I end up not making a choice. I don't go right. I don't go left. And I let life take me straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just showing, do watch the status yes, quo. Yes, status quo. And yeah. the reason why we don't make our own choices is the things that influence us beyond our control. The things that um, things like expectations, wanting to fulfill expectations outside ourselves, not our own expectations. Um, we lose control of our own decisions when we start following what others tell us to follow. When we start following expectations of society, including friends, family, our network, or expectations of whatever advertisements that we see on the TV as we scroll down through social media, I'm supposed to be eating burgers at this cool cafe that they just opened recently in Dubai. So let me go and check it out. Oh, wow. If you're not doing that, you're not so cool. Um, And then I end up choosing to go for burger um, and trying it out instead of working on the thing that I love. Instead of playing that, practicing that piano that I've always wanted to practice. Mm. Instead of going out and... And, and going to the gym because I feel like I really need to go to the gym. It makes me healthy. I enjoy it. But I don't because I need to eat that burger because mm. that's what an advertisement told me yeah. because that's what my friends are doing today and that's what I need to do with them and so on. <laughs> so, yeah, you we stop making our own decisions and we lose the power of choice when we are following someone else's expectation the, of us losing the power of choice comes in when you want to be seen cool what you mentioned actually you to follow certain aspects because you want to be seen from others you you belong to it mm. you do it and i think that's also many just do the things which they have been told or they see on social media as you mentioned yeah. because they want to be they want to be part of it they don't want to be alone on, on certain things and i think this is also kind of the, the this uh, social pressure community pressure of putting others in or forcing others to join them if you don't do that then you're not cool when you don't do that then you don't belong to and then you have negative aspects of it Hmm. so you not even have time to express yourself you don't even have time to know what you want um I will be honest with you, straight first honest. You know, What's when my I look, next post? <laughs> your next post, yeah. That, that actually itself was a bit of a challenge for me because one of the things which, uh, and this is really rare for um, when I usually, you know, we work together with each other, we know each other a little bit. But when I dig deeper online, the thing is with you, all I can find is everything till 2017. And it looks like online you don't exist in 2018. <laughs> but in other words, you actually quit completely social media. And this yeah. is something, you know, I remember very, the very first few days, uh, early January 2018, you said, you know, slowly you just started, I, I quit f- Facebook. I stopped watch, uh, going on Instagram. And then you counted the days. I have already one week, <laughs> the second week, third week, fourth week, and now we, the second for third month. And then you actually don't count this anymore. And I think you were surprised as well. And, but you were surprised of how your body reacted to this because mm. it's in the end of the day, it's kind of a drug. You are dictated to do it because in the end of the day, these tools make you addicted. Yeah. So looking online, everything <laughs> I was finding was 2017. And 
all the articles. Yeah. So that was kind of a challenge. Um, but one thing which I found online and which still uh, applies to today is how you describe yourself. And online you describe yourself as a, as a minimalist, a coach or a hippie living around universities to inspire and empower students to lead a meaningful life towards passion. So you call yourself a hippie too. <laughs> how do you define being a hippie? Mm. Because see, having the image of a hippie, I have is slightly different than the way you look. Yeah, <laughs> like. maybe an Arab hippie is different okay. than the... <laughs> I think for me, a hippie is a person who doesn't abide by the rules. It's okay. a person who cares about um, their own priorities. Um, so if um, if I'm happy not being rich, then but others are telling me that to be happy you should be rich, then I'm a, I'm a hippie. <laughs> if if people because we rarely see here people telling us you have to be poor to be happy. No one hears that. You hear that you have to have money to be happy. You have to be um, you have to have status. You have to be famous. You have to be loved by by so many people to be able to be happy. Uh, have big apartments, nice car. And a hippie discovers that all these things are not enough. You get more of those and still you're not happy. So you discover that what you need is far more basic than what you thought initially. Um, and um, that links to the minimalist part. Mm -hmm. um, for me, a minimalist is is a person who knows their priority and they're able to live their life with the basic needs that they need in, in, in their life. So what do we need as human beings? We need food, we need shelter, we need air to breathe, a couple of, I don't know, clothes to cover the body, to be civilized. <laughs> uh, we need water, you need the basic, you need dignity, you need your freedom um, and safety. And then these are the basic things you need before you start tapping into the higher uh, needs in the Maslow hierarchy of needs, which ends with self-actualization. And uh, self-actualization part is where you are fulfilled with your life, where you're making an impact in people's lives, where life for you is meaningful, um, purposeful, and fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And to get to that point, you don't need to drive a Ferrari, in my opinion. To get to that point, you don't necessarily have to have a mansion. To get to that point, you don't necessarily have to have a million dollars in your account. You can skip all these things and jump to it if you have the basic needs. And I think in, in today's world where we're living in a safe, um, many countries are safe around the world. Some countries are still having issues like wars. But most countries are having people who are kind of more in safe environment. They're, they have basic needs. But yet, most of these people choose to get more of the basic needs. Instead of just eating to live, now they're living to eat. So now, every single day I have to try a new restaurant. Um, 
every single day I have to try and spend more money on nicer clothes, um, get the latest iPhone. And it never ends. And you end up getting busy with more and more stuff mm-hmm. that you think are basic, but they're not. And they're luxury. And you forget the part about self-actualization and finding your place in the world. Very true. So you call yourself minim- min- minimalist. Yes. Coach as well. When I just when I just focus a little bit on the book, I mean, now we go into the uh, topic book. And in each book, there is a mini summary of the author, mm. like a mini paragraph or just a few lines. How would you describe yourself into the section of the book? Mm. Author, a few lines. How would you describe yourself? Um, How would you describe yourself, yeah. Nasser? I, I just realized I've never read an, an other uh, section of any book, so I don't know how it's written. So what I'm going to tell you, if it's not in the can same be your context, own version. it's my own version. This is my book, so please, anybody's hearing, don't judge. <laughs> um, I would say, I think it's pretty much very relevant to what, we, what you read. Um, Nasser is a um, human being, um, who Nasser is a human being who cares to make an impact in the world, um, living a meaningful life where where they care about, <laughs> where they care to um, help others, um, connect with others, create meaningful relationships, and um, I would say Nasser is <laughs> Nasser is a coach, a trainer. Uh, an improviser um, who that's what, by the way be coming to this topic later oh sure improvisation means for sure NASA. of course <laughs> uh, so Nasser is a coach trainer improviser um, who um, who doesn't create I would say Nasser does not create um, does not create by himself but gets, gets inspired by something higher something higher than them than him something bigger um and finally i call myself as a lotus flower um i would say nasser is rootless floating like a lotus flower interesting you know the what i just realized when i was just listening to you that actually talking in third person It's very difficult. Very, talking about yourself. Difficult. But it's very easy to talk about others yes. and to inspire them and coach a minimalist yeah. or you know, put a statement, but actually define yourself True. in a description descriptive way is very difficult. True. I struggle that, to be and honest. I, yeah. me, me too. It's not that easy. But when you actually look at yourself from the out, outer perspective, which we usually we can never mm. unless you duplicate yourself or you clone yourself, but I think we are not at that uh age in 21st century I think we're not going to experience ourselves cloning uh, it's going to be very difficult mm. so when I just go from this author description about your title of your book title of the book what is it title of my book yes my life so my book is my the life book or just a I leave it up to you is that book about you is that book about what you stand for Is that book about what you have, your current projects? What is it for? I would say... Because usually many define themselves also of what they have achieved so far, or maybe just what they have experienced. I would call it life without a script. 
Mm-hmm. I, I heard this expression once, and it really, like, blew up, blew my mind. Because that's that's life. We never plan our lives. We we don't control our lives. We can try to influence it, but eventually, life is without a script. So all the unexpected things will happen. Yeah. It's created in the spot, in the moment, um, and with many factors in and out of your control. Does it also mean that, uh, just leading, leading this from the title, does you should live a life without high expectations in all kind of areas in life? You, because expectations actually write you down a script. Hmm. I, yeah, expectations are some people, sometimes people call them goals and they're something that they work towards. Um, it's not, it's not bad to have expectations and we'll always have expectations. Our mind is automatically um, programmed to have expectations and to set goals and to set targets. Uh, reaching out to my water bottle because I'm thirsty, I've set a goal for me to reach out to my water bottle. But also the goal of not sipping it all over the place. <laughs> that, I, that I will try. I will try not to do that. <laughs> uh, so having a goal and an expectation is okay. Uh, but realizing that whatever expectation you set, you may reach or may not reach it. Because eventually you setting the goal is not the only factor um, in your life. Yeah. What I really liked what you just said with the life without... Uh live life without a script is because it doesn't necessarily mean you need to have a goal because when you have a goal which is you can't reach or expectation you will be uh, disappointed at the end of the day mm. but when we not necessarily raise high expectation we are less disappointed so we live more in the present. Yeah. And we not have this tunnel view of like, I want this, I want this. And then we totally forget all the things around us. So when you not have necessary script, you can you keep your eyes more open for everything around you. Hmm. So maybe the curiosity. And part. even if you end up having a goal and then you end up not reaching that goal or setting an expectation and not meeting that expectation, eventually you knowing that there are many things that are out of your control influencing that makes you feel better about not reaching it. You'll stop taking your expectation that seriously. I was like, okay, I set a goal, um, but it didn't happen. I tried my best, but this or that happened and that's okay. It's a learning curve out of it. Yeah, what do you have learned from it? Yeah. So what would I see on the cover? What is the, is it like a black and white cover? Uh, uh, typical for a minimalist? Or um, what, what would I see? What would I, what I, what would I, when I pick the book, what do I see on the cover? What do I see on the cover? Uh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. You can go back to I, this later. Yeah, if you I didn't plan this. Cause it's yeah, because you live, a, you live, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and thanks for not planning this because it should be natural. <laughs> I would say that I would want to see letters and words floating on the um, floating on the book cover. 
like mm-hmm. random letters forming into words and words forming into sentences and they come from different places um, this is the part where I believe that our creation is a combination of inspiration that comes from different places from places and from an energy that's higher than us not necessarily from through us from us but it's through us and I feel like um, that explains when you see a lot of words and letters forming into something meaningful it comes from different places that are not necessarily by you mm-hmm. that's what I would like to see on the cover okay where would I find your book would I find it under spirituality section would I find it under health section where would I find your book um, sports section <laughs> that's Mm. If, if people are gonna <laughs> use the book as mm, kick it or yeah maybe a final sports section uh, I would say something around um, spirituality self-development yeah pretty much in that space great so I want you to imagine you open your book mm. I see yeah literally Mm-hmm. the people who don't see that right now literally he's opening his book right now mm-hmm. what do you see right now on the book the same the title of the cover page with my name written with your name on it, on it yeah. and you shift your focus a little bit to the right and you see the table of content ah okay then I have to you have to flip, flip the, another yeah, side yeah, I just flipped it yes <laughs> how many chapters do you see there I see seven why seven? You just came up directly with that number. But seven, seven, your lucky number. Uh, seven no, my seven? lucky number is nine. Okay. But I happen to see seven. Seven chapters. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what would I see in the first chapter? What title? So, what would I see in the first chapter? What would it say? On the in type a type of content. It would. Would it be something about my life or would it be something not necessarily my life? You need to answer this. Oh, I need to answer It's not this. necessarily, it doesn't have to be about your life. Mm. It can also be about your work. It can be about either ways as well, both ways. Mm. It's totally up to you. So maybe what you stand for, maybe what you have achieved so far, or maybe just about your life. I would say living by the script is the first section. So the title is the same like the... Living by the script. Uh, by the script, yes. yes. Living by the script, interesting. Okay. And what do you want to tell the, the reader in this chapter? So when I, when I start reading the first chapter, what, would, what, what do you want to tell me in this chapter? Living I want to... By the script. I want to talk about... Um, how complying with complying with the systems that the society builds is going to lead you to um, a life that does not necessarily um, make you happy. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that and I'd like to quote stories from my experience where I've done everything Tell me some right. experience. Tell me some experiences on this. Um, so I, I come from, um, um, from an Arab family. So we tend to appreciate more in the in our culture um, science topics like engineering we tend to appreciate medicine 
this is where if you if you're in that space of science if you study something and work in that space you're more appreciated you have higher status um so i've in my case i've always been good in science and math physics and i graduated from high school with a very high grade um I was actually the seventh on the country in terms of uh, in terms of grades, um, and I went straight into engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started, uh, how come? Me, how come? Why did you go straight into engineering? Um, so the way that it happened is that I will never forget. I was in a school bus, and I was with my friends. It was the last day of school, and a um, few of my friends were. One of my friends was asking. Uh, what are you going to study for uni- in university? Which major are you going to select? And uh, we were, the first, my first friend said, I'm going to study electrical engineering. The next one said, I'm going to study civil engineering. Next one said, I'm going to study civil engineering. And then I was seeing the question is getting closer and closer to me. And I was thinking, what am I going to study? Until my turn came. And then I had to answer this question. And I just said civil engineering, as simple as this. Just because I heard it, because many of my other friends who said civil engineering, I said civil engineering. And it was as simple as this. I spent the following four years studying civil engineering. That was my decision of what I wanted to study. Um, and um, I graduated with a degree as in civil engineering. I fulfilled, completely fulfilled the expectations and even exceeded the expectations. So in the university, I had the highest GPA on my batch. Good, yeah. Good, yeah, good. Very good, very good, good actually. Very good. But this is just the a, yeah. on, what's on the it's paper. A, yeah, yeah. And um, and I worked in one of the top companies in engineering, um, and um, I found after doing all this, I'm still feeling something is not right, something is missing. Um, then I just kept applying for jobs, in and out of engineering. And I never stopped. I didn't feel that I settled down. I didn't feel that this is it. Something is missing. Let me look for more. And uh, my curiosity back then was directing me to, hey, why don't you explore other industries? So until I got an offer from a company um, um, in the field of FMCG, fast-moving consumer goods, um, it is a multinational company, and I got a job totally away from what I studied. And I remember that my father told me, what are you thinking about? You dropping your engineering job in a top company to go for another company that has nothing to do with your degree? That's not smart. And I told him, no, I'm going to do it. That's the thing I want to do. And then I went ahead and I'm actually holding my book. Can I just relax? Yeah, you I'm, can I'm, just... I'm holding my... Yeah, I'm just wondering how heavy it is, but it's Look, maybe... It's very a, heavy. And, and the content is increasing. I'm as, as I'm speaking, it's already getting written. <laughs> um, so I remember that I chose to um, resign from my engineering job. Okay. And I it was my solely my decision that I wanted to do that, and I moved to that job. Um, I stayed in that new job for three and a half years in mm-hmm. the FMCG. And I remember my father, after two years, after I moved to that new job outside engineering, he told me that it was his idea of getting out of my engineering job. He forgot that he opposed it because later on he got convinced with the idea that this was the right choice for me after he saw 
um, how I was uh, more happy and growing in my new job. Um, so that was the first decision I've ever made when I was when I wanted to explore something different than what society has scripted mm. for me. Until then, you were living by the script. That's what you would say. Is that the following the, yes. the what people tell you or yes. uh, society tells you? Study this. What you need to do. Follow that's, the script. That's what that I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. I thought that I broke out of a script. Okay. But then I discovered that after three and a half years of working in that multinational company that I'm still living by the script. In the script. So when I just quickly go back to this, sure. uh, you mentioned about living by the script. So this implies your teenage age study of times course. in your early years of work experience. Living by the script, do you define this as an... Because the way you phrase the title versus how you phrase the first chapter, do you see that as a negative or more positive thing? Living by the script? Living by the script is has has its good side it it mm -hmm. provides security mm -hmm. it gives you social social validation your support system is strong when you are not threatening the people around you when you're not opposing their beliefs they tend to support you they tend to give you a bat on a bat on the shoulder and telling you good job yeah and that feels good That's part of the social validation and our Giving emotional feedback. need yeah. of being of socializing with others. So that's the good side of it. As soon as you start breaking out of that script, you start threatening the beliefs of others. What an engineer who is working outside engineering? No, 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 that's not possible. That's not right. You spent half a million dirhams on a degree that you're not using. What are you thinking? Something is wrong. And this is where the belief of people starts getting threatened. And that's when people start attacking. So the question by the script has its yeah. own benefits um, and has its own da downsides. The downsides is that you discover, just like how I discovered after being in engineering and also after the job, after engineering, that you're still living your life with the intention to fulfill the expectations of the people around you and that you're still unhappy, unsettled in your life. So when you're talking about living by the script, is that more like a tendency you want to tell other people you should not live after the script in that, the first chapter? So is that the conclusion of the, th the first chapter? This is what I have done in my past. Yeah, I would like... Don't mm. follow me. Mm. I would, live after the script? The I would like people to relate to my life because my the way that I lived my life when it was completely following the script, it's pretty much similar to the life of so many people who are still living that until now. So I want people to know that what I'm describing is similar to what they're living right now. I want them to be able to relate to me five years ago. Um, and then to be able to know that a person can break out of that. Because if I, there are some people who are born more privileged than others in the sense that they lived uh, in a family where they encouraged them to go out of, um, out of their comfort, to explore, to be curious, 
try out new things. But in most families, especially in my culture and where I come from, we, as families, we tend to control our kids and we tend to tell them what to do. We tend to, with of course, with good intentions that we want to protect um, our the people who are going to inherit us, who are going to carry our name. Um, we, with, we tend to show our love by telling them the safe way of doing things because we don't want them to make the mistakes that we have done once. And that's where, that's where people um, tend to forget that this is not the only life that they can live. Mm. There is another life that they can live. And this is why I want to be able uh, to have someone to relate to that life. I see the, the, this first chapter is reaching to the point where you reach the first few years of work experience. Then there was a turning point. And I, I found something online where you said about yourself, you said, I had everything a, year, a 25 year old would want, a big role, a large paycheck, authority, prestige, and a good work environment. Still, I felt that from the inside. This emptiness, this feeling of debt and insight, is that, was that that moment you realized there is something wrong? Or you did a wrong choice? So, when I, I, just... wrote, I wrote this, I remember at the point when, after, just after I quit my job, in, in the, in, after three and a half years in that new job. Yes. After I quit my job, um, I wrote this and I was talking about my experience of how I was doing really well in my new job, how I was growing in my career, ca growing and climbing the career ladder, how my paycheck was increasing and, and my life was getting better and better in terms of financial, in terms of status. And yet I did not feel satisfied. So I chose something and I was curious to explore something outside engineering and I went toward that direction. But then I was honest with myself that, hey, I got everything that I planned to get. I wanted to go out of engineering, I did it. But then still, that's not enough. So when I faced myself and I said, Nasser, you're still unhappy even though you made your choice. So why don't you, if you once made your choice, can't you make your choice again to leave the thing that you chose to pursue? Um, and this is when I felt that, Nasser, you've pursued something that now with more information, you all know that it's not for you. So it's great that you made that choice because now you have the realization that you did not have before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that the right time now to drop what you have and move towards something else? And that's, that's what, what moved me towards something else. But you made it at an age where other people would realize that at the age of 40, 50, if at all, you know, many aim for reaching, you know, a high paycheck or et cetera, et cetera. And they miss 40, 50. They realize actually that's not fulfilling them, you know, don't make them happy. What, uh, what is actually admiring that you actually realize that at mid twenties, 
you know, that you came to that self-realization -re of see seeing this and also make the decision. Because many also see that, but they're not taking action. Mm. And that's also one of the biggest uh, mistakes they can do to themselves. Yeah. They hurt themselves, actually. Yeah, true. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that decision I made at 25 years old, and that's, yeah. they call it quarter life crisis of quarter which which <laughs> which used to be midlife crisis but now a lot of the young people are facing the so-called quarter life crisis yeah um, and that's the time when i felt it and quarter life crisis is when you discover that you have kind of a split personality like you built a life but some part of you your true self finds a gap between the true self and your current life mm -hmm. and that gap is what causes that um, feeling that something is missing i've done everything and still something is missing. something you know you can't yes. describe it and you can't describe it, mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah great what do i see in the second chapter are we done with the first chapter first of all is it this kind of matching to the age where you say reached the midlife crisis or quarter life crisis and then the second chapter next so chapter? far this is living by the script and i would say the next chapter would be taking the leap taking the leap yeah okay what would i read in there uh what will be written in, in the, that in the, in sure the, let in me the just reopen my book okay. okay he literally opened his book right now yes you don't have to okay. say it it's just interesting that he can't remember what he wrote once in his book he still need to read it <laughs> it's like you know this is what always happens when uh, so-called major authors in, outside they have co um, copywriters and they still didn't know when they publish a biography about themselves what they actually wrote <laughs> there's so many copywriters out there you know they write a biography about themselves yeah. and then they sell it under their names um, it's a similar scenario right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it says that the book is invisible right now so I look silly while reading it <laughs> uh, so the next part is taking the leap now that you've realized that there's a gap between your current life that you're living and the life that your true self feels that they should be living that's the time when you want to bridge that gap and moving from your current life which is farther away from the life that you want to live makes you feel like you need to take a leap so that you can move from one life to another the more you wait the more the gap builds um, so taking people think that taking the leap means dropping everything and just moving to something else, but taking the leap is more of a transition. Yeah. I mean, many actually escape yeah. and take everything away, move to another country, but it's still the same problems. Yes. Or still the same kind of, you know, you haven't literally fixed, fixed it or you haven't like looked into closer. Yeah. Because think of it. Can you build a life from the scratch in what? One, two days? You can't no. totally drop something and build a life one, two, three days. It needs time. Building a life mean, meaning that you need to build new set of skills, you need to build new mindsets, you need to build new emotions. Emotions take time to develop the emotions of happiness. You can't be happy all of a sudden with your life. 
you've got to work step by step. Today, you're like a little bit happy, satisfied. Tomorrow more. In a week's time, more. In a month's time, oh, I feel now I'm, I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. And in a year's time, oh, I feel fulfilled. In a two year's time, maybe it starts dropping again. And then suddenly starts becoming like a mundane, monotone, same thing again and again. But growing your emotions, your mindset, changing it, that's building your life. And that takes time. So this means that you need to have a transition. And taking the leap for me is not dropping everything and starting something from the scratch, but transitioning towards something else. Mm -hmm. Now, transitioning, people think that transitioning takes what, 10, 20, 30 years? Um, even shorter. Transitioning, I mean, even transitioning can be short. Yeah. Transitioning meaning that you're trying something else while your current, li current life is running. Uh, and that new thing that you're trying and building uh, will will take you maybe a couple of months to two, three years. And so that you are, the leap has been reduced. Sorry, the gap has been reduced. And now that the gap is smaller, your leap will be easier. So what? Was so you still always take a leap. You will never be able to bridge the yes. gap fully. You will always have to take a leap. But you build a bridge just enough, just like um, Jeff Goins mm -hmm. um, um, is, a, is an author, and he talks about this, building a, br a bridge. And transitioning is building enough bridge for you to make the leap simpler or easier. Mm-hmm more realistic more realistic yeah what was the leap for you when you made the transition or when you made that yeah. step what was the leap so uh, in your life I didn't drop everything when I was in that job yeah um, I didn't drop it all of a sudden when I felt unhappy six months before I left my job I started uh, working on my coaching certificate so I signed up for a coaching training I realized my interest in the self-development area in coaching. For helping others. I mean, literally, like coaching, others. coaching others, not like yes. your self, like self, self help yeah. section. It's helping, more like yeah, uh, exactly. Mm -hmm. Helping others, but also the psychology. I I'm interested in psychology. I'm interested in human behavior. I'm interested in what makes a person grow. Um, and this is where when I heard about coaching, and coaching is basically uh, the it's basically a profession that's out there. Life coaching. Mm -hmm. We hear it a lot. It's, um, it's, um, it's a tool. Coaching is a tool uh, where, and a framework for you to partner with someone else and help them by means of listening and asking questions, which is pretty interesting. And I learned that through a course over uh, f six months. And I spent money, time, effort, my weekends. I used to read a lot after work. I invested so much time within those six months until I reached a point where I felt that I have enough information about that industry. I know what's happening in that space, not fully, but I have enough information to at least recognize and understand what a coach does, how a coach makes money, um, what kind of variety of professions a coach can take, um, and also knowing what is the message that I want to deliver mm -hmm. and what are the the people the profile of those people that I want to help so it was also kind of a self-discovery yes it, when we learn coaching Sorry. that's the interesting part when we learn coaching mm -hmm. we learn it by getting coached 
Yes. Because you go in a program with other people who want to learn coaching yeah. and then you end up coaching each other. So you experience coaching as a client as mm-hmm. much as you experience it as a coach. Yes, yes, yes. So in this f- second chapter, when you were talking about the taking the leap, is, that, is there also this kind of case study from you where people can relate to easier? What you just said? Can I, can I read this kind of part, part of your life where you take the, the coaching sessions, etc., and you experience throughout the six months. Can I see that in the sec- second chapter as well? Yeah, that's the second that's, chapter. That, that's the that's second chapter. That's, that's building the bridge. bridge. Okay, that's, okay. That's building the, bri- the mm-hmm. bridge, which is before taking the leap. So mm-hmm. it's part of taking the leap. Taking the leap requires you to build that bridge. So sh- Okay, so but the second chapter is still taking 100%. the leap. Yes, okay. 100%. Perfect. And, and, and taking the leap, um, one important thing about taking the leap is when taking the leap what helped me the most is knowing setting down with myself and defining my own priorities it's fascinating when i took the leap and i quit my job uh, after three and a half years so so i started my job after two years and nine months i got promoted four months after i got my promotion i sat down with my manager and i tell my manager Thank you, but I'm resigning. As simple as that. I gave um, my notice and it was non-negotiable. It was just a decision, one way. And this is the time when I felt that it was an easy decision. It was not at all difficult. The fascinating part is that people started coming to me and saying, wow, that's so brave, Nasser. You know what? We feel what you feel. We understand it. And we feel that we're not very connected with our job. So many people, colleagues, friends from the company itself that I used to work in and from other companies, they would come to me and just random strangers would message me and say, that's brave and we're inspired by your decision. And I was just very surprised that it's not a difficult decision. It was so easy. And what helped me and what made it easy is knowing my priority so when you are making a decision to take a leap from a life that you don't feel connected to towards a life that you feel is the right life for you you the only way you can do it is by knowing what is your priority in life but that's easier said than done isn't it of course because so many actually looking for this priority what is actually important for me Because many might have a lot of priorities in their life Mm. and they can't prioritize this kind of priorities even. You know, they are trying to please everyone. They're trying to be here for everyone. Mm. But they're completely forgetting themselves too. So taking your own priorities for your own self is actually a a learning curve. It's actually a challenge because we're completely forgetting ourselves, isn't it? I think this is is very difficult for many people, taking your priorities. But in the end of the day, it's essential to take the next step. True. And there is something interesting. I think people find it difficult to uh, choose a priority or two or three priorities, but Mm. not choosing everything, is that they look at other people and they think that those people have it all. So as long as you are looking at others and thinking that this famous person has everything in their hands and that... If they have it, then maybe I can have it. Makes you very hesitant 
to drop anything from the plates. Oh no, I need to make money. I need to make an impact. I also want to have good relationships with others. I also want to be famous. I also want to have freedom in my life. And so I want to also have security. And now you have all kinds of priorities on the plate and you end up achieving nothing. Because you have too much on your plate. Because you have too much on you your plate. You don't know what is actually the first step. What and is the first priority to focus on? And you're afraid of messing yeah. out. Yes. And you're afraid of messing out. And you're overwhelmed. Because you, and you're overwhelmed. And that's because you think that others have it all. Yeah. But if you surround yourself and follow the people who tell you the real stories, that they don't have it all, that a person who's very famous has to have has to let go of seeing their family mm -hmm. and they have to see them less often or a person who's who has the freedom who travels around the world but has no money in their pockets yeah they're living by the day yes you don't know that mm -hmm. because you're watching your their youtube videos and their vlogs about traveling and admiring how these guys are doing it They have the money, they have the freedom, they have everything. But in reality, they only have freedom. Yes. Such a person, as an example. Yes. And you relate to it easily as well. And you don't know the story. When you see all the stories, you relate to it. And you want to exactly be yeah. where they are. But in that moment, many hesitate of putting all the work, yeah. what they have on their plate. But at the same time, they also don't know what would be the first step. And they get overwhelmed. And that I think this is where also stress comes in. Yeah. Stress, you want to not just please everyone, you just want to become someone or reach something in a short time period as well mm. and forgetting actually the journey or the, the, the moment and the learning curve from it you're just thinking about the end goal but you're completely forgetting the journey as well so when you're talking about this knowing your priorities I feel like the way you just mentioned about this this is like a major major aspect in all kind of life it's not about uh, your earlier years when you study your first job mm. later on etc etc is that what you want to teach people in in the next chapter so it's actually an, when you say it's the taking the leap is 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 that uh, the kind of the topic for the next chapter or are we or have, yeah are we have we finished the, the second chapter already i think because i see like the priorities is so important yes to make the leap yeah. as well Yeah. How would you say is when my next my next so, chapter yeah. would not be so you know how let's say someone tells you would you like chocolate ice cream, strawberry ice cream or vanilla ice cream? Mm -hmm. And you equally like all of them or you feel like ah I like them all, you know, I like ice cream in general. I mm -hmm. can't leave any. So I make it so I tell you choose the one that you most like. And you get overwhelmed. Do I like this one more than that? Or this more than that? But maybe if I change the question and I tell you which ice cream you like the least, it makes it easier. When I tell you not what to keep, but what to leave, what to drop off mm -hmm. your plate. Mm -hmm. What means the least to you mm -hmm. versus what means the most to you? Mm -hmm. Because when you ask what means the least to you, that means you're trying to keep the most important thing versus if I tell you what to keep the most important thing, then I'm telling you drop something important, but less important. Mm -hmm. So my next chapter would be, 
I don't know if it's a proper word, but I would call it stripping down. <laughs> I would call it stripping down. It has to be a word because um, writing a book is about words or letters. <laughs> stripping, <laughs> stripping down. Your life, I would stripping say. Stripping down your life. That means uh, getting rid of the, the clutter. 100%. Which, yes. Uh, getting rid of all the clutter, all the, all the pressure, all the, all the stuff you don't necessarily need yeah. to, to reach where you are. Which actually leads a little bit to minimalism. It's yes. Uncluttering. Yes, decluttering and De that's and that is a process. And that's a mindset. That's not a goal to be reached. It will never be. If it was a goal, then then we would have minimalists bragging about being minimalists online and saying, Oh, I've been living the most minimalistic life ever. So tell me what did you declutter in your life? Um We know so social Social media is literally yeah. something, a big burden you like took off completely. What before else? that, so oh, the way that it started, before, yeah. so after start? I took the leap, mm -hmm. that's why that's the next chapter, because this chapter started after I took the leap. Mm -hmm. So now that you've taken the leap, and now that you think you've figured out your priorities, surprisingly you discover that still part of you is still influenced by what the society wants you to do. Because mm -hmm. when I wanted to be in the self-development area, when I wanted to be a coach, I thought it was about me. It, I thought it was about Nasser helping people. So there was a little bit of ego there. There was a little bit of um, wanting to be famous, wanting to be an influencer, which is the famous thing that's happening online and offline. Wanting to be an influencer, impacting a the life of big number of people that was one of the things that I kept after I, I took the leap mm -hmm. and I realized at some point that I don't want to be an influencer I was just uh, blinded by the life of influencers that I was seeing online and that I wanted to become like them and that's not necessarily what I wanted Yes, I want to help people, but I don't want to help them to tell others that I helped. Okay. I don't want yeah. to create influence by... By showing off with showing uh, number off, of likes, showing off of exactly. influencers, etc. This is what I have done so far. Yes. I'm a very good person, etc. Okay. So there was a little bit of disappointment after I took the leap. And then I remember that time I went into kind of not depression, but a frustration period mm. and a little bit of depression and I felt that why why did I make my decision of taking the leap why is it really that reason or is it different reason and I heard about minimalism randomly and I started reading more about it and since then I started decluttering it started off with my closet mm. and every day I would throw few items and it built all the way towards um, keeping only few items of clothes, developing the mindset of not accepting more things in my life, reducing the the meetings, the people in my life, um, reducing also the amount of food that I eat, <laughs> which is <laughs> which was interesting. Um, yeah. So you actually got rid of all the things which are not essential yeah. or needed for you, as you mentioned before, to be fulfilled in life. Or to feel this happiness, or feel feel like you know, uh, yeah. be satisfied. For me, um, 
and I can totally relate to this minimalism for me. For me, when I started this, um, I don't know, many years ago, five, six years ago, with minimalism, for me, I got rid of all the items I don't need. It's because I, want, I wanted to learn to focus again in life. Because all the things you have, they give you actually another job. The job of maintaining them. The mm. job of taking care of them, whatever it is. Mm. If it's a specific item, which I always ask you for, like, you know, be, please clean me, please clean me, or <laughs> something, you know, whatever item. Um, they give you even more work. Yeah. So you keep forgetting what you actually want to focus on in life. So you become more and more kind of a person who is maintaining all this stuff, just trying to balance everything. And then you balance and balance. And then you have, at some point in life, you might have a nervous breakdown because you realize you have so much on your shoulders and mm. you can't actually hold them all at once. So for me, decluttering or minimalism is all about coming back to the roots to learn how to focus and to live with the essentials. And not necessarily that you live with the essential to hurt yourself and say, I only need to... I only need to have one carrot in the morning, <laughs> like one bread at lunchtime, etc. No, no. Uh, it's about knowing what is enough for you. Yeah. Because it's also about similar what you mentioned about food. We eating not till we are full. We eating yes till the plate is empty. Obviously, you shouldn't always keep uh, empty your plate, but we never know when it's. The, when we reach the end. And that's a general life attitude. I think minimalism for, is in general also a life attitude of how you live your life consciously. That's, and I, I think that's what you um, also mentioned. I think you haven't mentioned that, but I, I, when, when I worked with you, you not just um, did this at home, Mr. Cluttering, um, the items you have at home, but it's also about social media. It's all about the apps you have yeah. on your phone. Literally a lifestyle. Yes going all kind of parts in life because when you just fix one part mm. and you don't care about the other part you're not necessarily not necessarily declutter you just maybe fix something but you're not come back to the root yeah course. so it's for you decluttering or minimalism coming back to the root coming back or it's bringing you to the more focus point yeah it's removing distractions that's what's mm -hmm. what's in decluttering for me um, removing distractions and keeping less things in your life so that you can experiment with those less things and as you experiment with those less things and deep dive you will add more things to your life and naturally there are things that will mean more to you than other things mm -hmm. and that's what happens when we grow older uh, maybe we'll care like you'll care a lot about this pen and you'll feel like this pen means a lot to me because it's a gift, let's say, from someone. And as you grow older and maybe your relationship with that person who gifted it to you is, is no longer as strong, then that pen does not mean much to you after some time. Um, and it becomes like something that does not necessarily add any emotional value to you. So why do you keep it? You use, it used to mean something to you, but not anymore. But we still keep this thing and then another pen from another gift from another person and another pen from a conference, another pen from an event. Mm. And suddenly you have 10 pins in your closet. And that applies to every single item we have at home. We will naturally add more stuff in our life. 
and we'd rather reduce them to the minimum so that as you explore those essentials, you add more stuff and then the essentials after some time becomes less essential and you, the new stuff that will come in will be important for you. Mm-hmm. And it's a cycle. It's a mindset. It's a process. You'll always add and remove stuff from your life. But it, in the end, one thing, uh, and that's what I realized when I uh, focused a little bit more on minimalism, I started to be, uh, create this kind of mindset, being more aware mm. of where these items come from. Because so often we, we, you know, people bring you these items. Yeah. And <laughs> we automatically accept this kind of stuff. You know, you go to a conference, you have another pen. Yeah. You uh, automatically take this and you collect this <laughs> at home. But you, you're not aware of this. But when you're actually more aware of this, yeah. you're more conscious about what you're actually doing on a daily basis and what others actually put uh, in your hands. Yeah. That's very interesting, actually. When you learn more about your daily routine, you learn more about yourself change your routine as well you be more conscious you're more about what's going on around you you're more present and, and you're more present exactly you're more present because you're focused on what matters to you the most and what matters the most to you if you think of it is now it's not in two three years it doesn't matter to you now it will matter what's in three two three years from now will matter into three years yes but now what matters to you is now is happening right now so being also it it links a lot with being present it Mm. links a lot with with uh that the essentials of 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 the present will change and you need to be conscious of what is um what means the most to you now Mm -hmm. nasa you made me very curious now ah so now you need to make a choice um Maybe the choice of asking you a question now. <laughs> I just have your book in front of me right now. And I just reached the third chapter. You told me seven chapters oh. in total. There are four left. We're just not even wow. a half term. I'm very curious. What can I see in the next four chapters? Because I feel like we reached already kind of the, the, the time closer to the present. The decluttering. Yeah. What do I see in the other next four chapters or in the next chapter in particular chapter four there are four chapters left what do I see there Mm. I need to call my fortune teller (laughs) so that we can get consultation about the next chapters okay (laughs) (laughs) so after decluttering after decluttering yeah yes after stripping down (laughs) (laughs) what happens (laughs) (laughs) um because you're currently still in the face, right? Yes. You're uh, still declaring on your... No, so it's a, as I told you, it's a mindset. It's a mm-hmm. process. It's something that stays with you. Yes. And you can see it now. It doesn't mean that it will end at some point. It's not a phase. It will continue. Um, so my, ne- but my next chapter would be after stripping down uh, my life of the non-essentials. Um, we'll be taking action. On what? Um, I would action, I would yeah. call it um, I would call it moving. moving, moving forward. I would call it moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is something that happens to you when you strip down to the essentials. When you keep 
the important things in your life. You you start like like you start seeing many possibilities in front of you. Now that you know your priorities, now you know the things that means the most to you. It's like you reach a corner and you reach that corner which is very small, tight, few things right in front of you. And now that you know the most important things to you, you need to take action. So what happened to me after I decluttered and I literally got rid of almost like 90% of my belongings. Mm -hmm. Things that meant so much to me, like memories from the past. I just threw it away. I felt stagnant. Okay. I felt that there are only a few things that I can do. And I don't have anything else in my life. I used to watch TV, so for example, and mm. I stopped watching TV. And now I have more time on my hands. But you felt it as a negative kind of thing. I, I felt it as surprised. a negative. You were surprised? But what I was should surprised. I do now? What should I do time? now? Yeah. Yeah. Now that I have more time on my hands, and now that I have few things, what do I do? Yeah. And somehow, that's why I call it a corner. It was, uh, it was a bit of a shock for me. And it and it lasted for a few months. Mm. Um, I'm talking about a year and a half ago. That was just before I started this job where I'm working with you now. Um, but moving forward, meaning being able to take those few things and actually start experimenting and exploring. Now, let's say, like in my case, I was interested in self-development and coaching so moving forward for me meant that I should now start practicing coaching I should start now delivering trainings going out there connecting with people learning how to make money out of this and uh, this is when I needed to learn so much of the things that I don't know this is when I needed to um, execute and move from stagnation into uh, execution, uh, and that's that's the time when I when I started um, doing delivering trainings and coaching sessions for free to people around organizations, because I wanted to find any opportunity that's possible mm -hmm. for me to exercise what I learned. Mm -hmm. um, so, moving forward is the next chapter of me until. When I was hustling around and experimenting, I was getting zero money. I was getting nothing because mm -hmm. I was delivering everything for free. And it was justified because who am I? I didn't have... But that didn't bother you at that time, right? That, that you didn't earn any did money. did not bother me because part yeah. of my plan when I took the leap was that I'm okay experimenting for two years without getting a single inside my account mm -hmm. my bank account and I was okay with that so that was for me a phase of experimentation and I have saved enough money to live with the essentials if you remember after stripping down to the basics that means mm -hmm. I need food I need shelter and I need just the basics I don't need more than that 
So I could afford it with the savings that I had. Um, so moving forward for me was being able to put myself out there with the few things that I know that are essential to me and experimenting and growing in that area. Um, that's pretty much why I would call it moving forward. Mm-hmm. So you're creating the environment. Creating the environment and surrounding myself with the people who are in that space of my mm-hmm. interest. I mean, many say that you are as you close a network, like the people you spend time with most. And mm. it comes not just down to the decluttering when it's objects, also come down to the, the people you spend time with. Mm choosing them wisely or not necessarily get rid of them but yeah. spend more time on the people who give you more energy and not just drain all your energy I think this is also very right. prioritizing their time in the end of the day so I like the, the, the title of the f- chapter 4 moving forward that because that means you walk towards a direction yeah. you want to aim for even if you don't know what, where you want to go for at that time, uh, which was one and a half year ago, where did you, where did you want it to go towards? That's, that's actually funny because I did not know which direction I'm going to, which, sorry, which endpoint I'm reaching. Mm-hmm. I knew vaguely the space that I want to experiment within. And that was for me, I was so passionate about solving the problem of why do people end up in places and jobs they don't like? Why do people disconnect and end up in quarter-life crisis, the same of what, I, uh, what I've fallen in? And I felt that the best way to solve this is to go back and talk to your younger self and talk to people at a younger age and tell them about the things that I'm realizing and a lot of people are realizing after working for years Mm -hmm. um, in the industry. Why can't they know about it where they're still in an important stage of making important decisions like a choice of their major, like a choice of their job, a choice of where they want to live, where they want to study, and so on. So my area of focus was... And the moving forward was in the space of helping young people, specifically university students. And that's how I specified it. Initially, I started with millennials. And then I said, let me only focus on university students, people between the age 18 to 21, to help them find their passion and connect this passion to a purpose. That's, that's what you actually started with. This. That's what you started with. That's what yes. I, I, I yes. got to know you one yes. and a half years. Exactly. You teaching people, young people, how to find the passion. Yeah. And I didn't know the end point. I just felt that the problem was so bigger than me, and no matter how much I work on this, I will never be able to solve it. Mm. When I started to um, also think about what could be your t- chapters, you know, before and during the research, I thought of one chapter is definitely called Find Your Passion. <laughs> is that true? Is that maybe the next chapter? Because you're trying to teach young people how to find their passion. Is that something which is coming uh, down to the next chapters? Chapter 5, 6, or 7? So while I was delivering, it's funny that you're mentioning this, while I was delivering 
uh, my trainings. One of my trainings was called How to Find Your Passion. Yes. And um, I was following a process um, in my training. Um, it's it's basically um, by a, a guy, his name is Stephen Kotler. He, uh, he published an article uh, in Forbes where he talked about the steps of finding your passion. And, um, and the first step was to find an interest uh, and um, after that connect and find list down all your interests then try to find the overlap between the second thing is to find overlap between these interests and those common area create sparks and this spark create passion and then the next step is connecting that passion with a purpose uh, and then now that you connect that passion with a purpose it becomes uh, a mission mm-hmm. um, now, once you know, once you have a passion, before you connect it with a purpose, there were two steps which uh, which were mentioned in the article, which were interesting. One of them is to um, is to exercise it and practice that so that you become better at what you like doing, and then after that, going out there to the public and telling them about your interest and telling them that hey, this is what I want to do. Um, so just to summarize, there are five step, define your int- all list down all your interests, then find the overlap between these different interests. Third is to practice within that overlap and become better. Fourth step is to publicize it to the world and say, hey, I am practicing this, I'm becoming better, and now I want to connect it with the fifth step, connect it with a purpose and make it a mission. So that process that I was teaching, so and here we were back. So basically, many haven't realized what just happened. <laughs> so basically, we run out of battery, and I just put the new battery in there. Um, so we're not going to start complete from chapter one, continue. But NASA, one thing that I really—it's like it's, it's like running out of ink. You're running. We're writing the book. That's true, but yeah. it also shows that you're very dependent on energy. You know, you're dependent because you might run out of energy. You need to learn how to recharge your batteries as well. Mm, nice. Again, that's a better metaphor than mine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But many, I haven't seen that actually. Yet. And that was very important for me to mention now that actually we're gonna uh, we just swap the batteries. Is that I observed you, Nasa. When we, uh, when I quickly um, changed the batteries, you immediately went to your phone. Yes, I'm addicted. And, and I kept thinking about that same image I had always when I go into the lift. Maybe uh, some of you listeners also experienced that when you go into the lift. You have a quick eye contact to a person and then what next step you take out your phone mm-hmm. and then let's not be too you know embarrassed let's do something on the phone it's kind of a trap right the phone yeah it's like you it automatically is. You it do is, it yeah. in order to fill the time yeah or whatever actually the main purpose i looked at my phone was to look at the time so i can check the prayer time and then that led me into saying okay while you're fixing the battery let me just answer a few messages over WhatsApp mm-hmm. and to see if something is important, someone wants something from me. And yeah, by that time you just noticed it and now you're saying it on the podcast. And then you're ending up somewhere else, you know, it's the same yeah. like with TV. But the you, main purpose, you yeah. You're switching channels and all of a sudden you watch something that you never thought of watching. Yeah. So, yeah. So you stopped at the five steps. If you can maybe quickly repeat these five steps. Yeah. So I was talking about the five steps mm-hmm. that I was teaching in my class. 
there was a there was a workshop that I delivered repetitively. It's called how the, how to find your passion, and it's based on an article by Stephen Kotler, which was published in Forbes, which discussed five steps of how to find your passion. Um, the first step is you list down all your interests and curiosities uh, that you have in your life. Not necessarily something that you're good at, but it's something that you're interested in. Um, and then finding the second step is finding the overlaps between these interests uh, of at least two or three interests of those. And then the next the third step is playing in that overlap, meaning practicing and exercising and improving and growing within that overlap of different interests. The fourth step is to go out to the world and publicize your interests and what you are doing. And the fifth and last step is to connect that passion with a purpose so that it can turn into a meaningful mission. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was delivering this training, um, it, it was interesting to me that part of me was not living that process. And, um, and, um, and that made me want to experiment more with my curiosities. So one of the things that I've done is I started taking care of myself and realizing that I need to try the things that I'm interested in doing. And there was a point in my life that was a year ago, a year and two months ago, where I was exploring art. So I come from an engineering background. And I made a decision, and if you still remember Daniel, of course I, I remember. I took you to that. Sika, Sika. Yes, yes, Sika. And there was a lot of art fairs happening, mm -hmm. and I was going after work, like almost every day for what three weeks, to attend workshops in various types of art. Yes. And I am not an art person. Yes. But I wanted to try out art because I wanted to apply the process. I need to explore my curiosities. Yes. I come from an engineering background, so I'm a structured, I live, I work within limits and rules. Yeah. Art does not have rules. Yeah. And that was the opposite of my nature and my background. Yeah, just to give a little bit background, so basically at that time, um, I was dependent on NASA's uh, <laughs> okay. service, car service. So I didn't have a car at that time. So I, NASA was very friendly every time in the morning, picked me up in the morning, drove me to work and drove me from work to a metro station back after work. And then one day, and that was the time where you mentioned about the Sika Art Festival. One day he dro drove me back from work to the metro station. He said on the way, I'm going to this, this art festival because at that time I didn't had an, uh, never heard it before. I was completely new to Dubai. And I said, like, I, I, I subscribe. I signed up to this course where I make furniture. <laughs> and then and by the end of the day, I created a furniture on, on the rooftop <laughs> with you, Nasa, which I still have. It is kind of a picture frame. And I feel like, wow, this is the first, and I remember very well afterwards, that was one of the first times where you actually do some handcrafted work. Yeah. You're not just buying it, you're creating it. Yeah. And I think you're forgetting this kind of understanding, this feeling of how to create your own things versus buying them. And that's something which I learned actually through this day. And we also days. did the blind painting as well. Correct. That's the still in blind my painting studio. guided by music. Uh, so it's part of art therapy as well, which was very interesting. We've never experienced that before. And it did all kinds of like workshops. I, I was also doing meditation, mindfulness, all of this I was exploring in addition to art. 
and it was after work and it was part of me wanting to live what I preach. Yes. Um, and then that led me to learning more about how there's so much that I need to learn in my life. Uh, and this, this is, which chapter did we reach? Five. Which is? That's what you tell me. My next chapter. There's so much to learn. Yeah. In life. But you <laughs> were quite experimenting. With a lot of different, in different fields. So move, the last one was moving forward. And that led me to what I was describing now, which is exploring curiosities, which is the very first thing that we started the podcast with, the curiosity plus choice. So I would call that chapter um, exploration. Mm -hmm. Exploration. I would call it um, some exploring finding the inner child in you that's like a not yet not yet okay. not yet i was still living as an adult okay i was still thinking that it's shameful to live your inner child yes you still wanted to confirm yourself to the side in that chapter my main thing is i wanted to explore so mm -hmm. Exploring my curiosities. Exploration. exploration. So exploration did not just... <laughs> um, was not only about art, was not only about uh, meditation, mindfulness, yoga. It also uh, spanned towards going to... Deciding that I want to go to a conference abroad and discovering and going to a country that I've never been to before. Yes. And um, which is which is the US. Yes. And I attended. So there was a time when I heard about I just randomly online, I find I hear about this conference called World Domination Summit, uh, <laughs> which is a very weird name for a conference, a yes. World Domination Summit. Says everything against what you actually want to, you know, focus on. You don't want to domin dominate the world, <laughs> no. take over. <laughs> and uh, I read, I can't, I will never forget. I read the main line, the mission of that summit is to um, explore. So people who go to that conference will explore how to live um, a meaningful life. Um, how to live an extraordinary life in a conventional world that was the mission and it was a vague event and yet i signed up for it and i paid i don't know i can't remember like something like 500 dollars for the ticket and i just that's it i bought the ticket and then after a couple of months i bought my purchased my flight tickets and uh, my hotel the reservation everything my hostels <laughs> And I went and applied for a visa. And when I applied for the visa, I didn't want to lie. So I, I told them in my visa application that I'm going to attend the World Domination Summit. And they rejected my visa <laughs> at, the U, at the US consulate. <laughs> so I was really disappointed and sad. And I said, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to travel to the US. I'm never going to attend this event. And I remember talking to you, Daniel, and also to another colleague, uh, my manager back then, where both of you encouraged me to apply again. And you said, 
you have to do everything from your side. You're not done. If there is a chance for you to apply again for that visa, do it. And I went after a week, I applied for that visa. And once again, I did not want to lie. So they asked me, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to attend the World Domination Summit. And I received an approval for my visa. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I went and I traveled all the way to that conference, uh, explored the West, uh, West Coast of the US, all alone, traveling alone, exploring the unknown. Uh, and that was really living the part where exploration, that's the essence of exploration. This is what I teach to people. Mm-hmm. And, and I started living yourself. what I was preaching. Yes. Uh, and even to the extent that when I went to the World Domination Summit, I spoke, I found myself speaking on stage. They were having, they were selecting a few people. Uh, you submit basically your story um, over an app for the conference, during the conference, and they select people to go on stage and tell the stories. And I was selected as one of those people. And I told the story of how I applied for the visa and how I got rejected and what I had to go through to be able to explore and to be able to reach uh, the US. Uh, so, and I can share with you the link if you can add the link of that. I will um, add it, yes. Of that, of that, uh, that talk. I will add it to the show notes and then. Um, so anyways, that's the part, that's the phase when I got back from the US here changed, a changed person. Knowing that I live in a, in a place where I don't feel like I, people understand me. Mm-hmm. While when I traveled to the US, I kind of, especially in the World Domination Summit, I found that, I've, that I found my tribe. I found the place that I belong to. Yes. And yet I wasn't living there. Yes. I was living somewhere else. Yes. And when I came back, I promised myself that I'm going I'm gonna to still stick around the place where I don't feel I belong to. And I need to create the community and the vibe that I witnessed over there in the US. Creating that environment where you found it fascinated over there. Yes. In Why the place can't you it currently exist living? over mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Why can't the World Domination Summit, a community of thousands who live and ex- who always aim to live an extraordinary life in a conventional world. Why can't it exist here in Dubai, mm-hmm. where I live in? And um, that's the phase of exploration for me. Yeah. And when I came back, would you like me to move to the next chapter? No, I just wanted to tell you actually how sure. I experienced when you came back. I experienced you as a complete new person. Oh, really? <laughs> um, the ideas you brought into our team, the, the ideas, the, the thoughts, the mindset, they were like from a completely different part of the world. But also ideas were, you were talking in a very inspirational way. You mm-hmm. truly believed in these ideas. And I think you started already from the day one, not just of telling us this idea, you actually started to... Uh, finding a way to implement these ideas here. And I think at that point you started to change your mindset in a way to say, what I saw there is what I want to bring over here, but I want to fight for bringing this here. Yeah. Uh, Even it takes me many, many years. Yeah. And you're still doing it till today. And and it's still not created yet. And still not created yet. It's a bit by bit. There are people influenced around me and I have a, I have a community of people 
um, most of them were an online community because when I used back in the days when I used to have my social media accounts, yeah. I used to post a lot. Um, good old times, good social old times. media. You know, my, now, my yeah. accounts are still active. You can see all my posts. However, I don't know my own passwords for my accounts. I gave them to someone. And I told him to change the password. And he's not even a close person. He's he he is a person that I met just recently and a couple of months ago. And and I gave him my account. Don't change the password and don't tell me the password. Even if I come back to you and I tell you give me the password, don't give it to me. Okay. Um. So that's how I disconnected from social media. But coming back to the point of what's the next chapter that led me. Um, If you want to stick Do to I seven chapters, you have two chapters left. Oh. So when we say about the exploration that, part. I have to be careful of what I'm going to choose. But this is pretty clear. When I, when I came back in the US, I've experienced something called... Let me tell the story and then after that I'll choose the name mm -hmm, of the chapter. Course. Is that fine? It's awesome. your book. It's my book, right? Yeah, yeah let me just book. open the book. Why am I asking? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Yes, yeah. it's my book. Yeah, it's book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've learned, so I've attended this session, which was an improv session. And I didn't know what it is. And people were talking about bringing back, the, bringing out the child within and playing games to be, to feel more sp spontaneous. Um, to overcome your fears and the fear of what others think and so on and I it was a session for an hour and that I attended over there and I was fascinated by how amazing this improv session was there were like 15-20 people who attended this circle we played games all based on improvisation and theater um, and I ended up feeling so confident That was before even going on the stage of the World Domination Summit. And I wanted to know what that was. So when I came back to Dubai, I remember asking around and, and, and saying, what is improv? Like, can someone, I know what improv is, but what is improv in Dubai? Mm -hmm. Where can I find theaters that does teach improv? Yeah. And then <laughs> by chance, by coincidence, You telling me, you hearing my question and then you asking and you telling me, Nasser, there's a place in Dubai called the Korcha Playhouse, yes, which is an improvisation that. theater. Why don't you check it out? And uh, I go there and I check it out. They, they had an open day and I went on to the open day and I signed up for classes. And that led me to finishing classes, signing up for the next and the next and the next. And within the following six months after I came back, I found myself becoming so passionate and deeply connected with the concept of improvisation. Uh, so I think my next chapter would be um, I would call it um, the chapter without a name. The chapter without the name that would be the last chapter <laughs> <laughs> what would put it be called it's about improvisation it's about creating what i uh, it's about creating a different environment putting yourself in the shoes of someone else in that it's moment about, it's about becoming human that's becoming what i would human. call it mm -hmm. interesting
Very interesting. So I'll tell you a little bit about improvisation and mm-hmm. what I learned over the last few months. Which I actually also didn't know before before you actually told me all this a couple of weeks, months ago. Mm-hmm. Improvisation is actually not just you improvise something. There's a lot of techniques behind and many do this very professional. Actually, as a professional as well. Yeah. And you can improvise a whole film, uh, theater, act, a play, etc. Yeah, maybe you can quickly explain what is it is actually. Yeah, so improvisation is everywhere. It's You can improvise a dance, you can improvise a song, you can improvise uh, music, you can play music that's improvised, you can act and improvise acting. You can improvise anything that you want. Mm-hmm. In, in improvisation, it's about creating things in the moment. It's not about planning, it's less about planning and more about connecting with the present moment. It is less about being anxious and worried about the future and more about being calm and connected with yourself. Um, so in improvisation, there are concepts that we learn, things like how do you be obvious? How do we normal and how can you be average? So we are encouraged to be obvious, normal, average, which means that an average, meaning not trying harder. When we try harder in life, when we say, I want to make this video the best video, I'm going to make this blog post the best blog post ever. I am going to, um, you know, run and finish this marathon and I'm going to finish it in less time. Trying harder will make you achieve less. What does it mean? Everyone, every human being, and that's how Keith Johnston, who is um, a pioneer in improvisation, he came up, he created something called theater sports, which is a format of improvisation um, that trains improvisers on stage. Um, and what Keith Johnston says, every person has their brain systems and these brain, brain systems are perfect. And these brain systems do not function at their best when we want to try harder. When we are average, this is the time when our brain systems work at their best. And that's the time we get into this flow state mm-hmm. where we perform at our best, we feel our best, we lose track of time, we lose track of, um, um, we lose track of our, uh, um, 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 of, of our pressure. We become so connected with the present moment and we become connected with something larger than us. We become inspired and what we create is our best uh, version of what we can create. Mm-hmm. So that's part of being average. Yes. The flow status, being in the flow. I think in, when you are in the, in the flow status, you're switching off everything around you. But coming to that state is very difficult for me. I'm a very big believer in this flow status as well. But coming to that flow status is something which many people don't even know how to get there, how to switch off from all the distractions around you. And that's actually also a challenge itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And and the more we think, the more our fears and worries grow. The more we think from the top part of our body, from our heads, the more we are afraid of taking the next step. So in improvisation, we throw ourselves on the stage without knowing what we're going to do. They say, they call us uh, on stage, we come, and a good show, the best show, will come out of no plan, of not knowing what to do. Because what happens is that there are concepts like yes and, where if there are two improvisers, the first improviser offers something and say, let's say they hold something in their hand, give it to the improviser. Mm-hmm. Improviser one might think this is a rose. Improvisers two will think, because it's mind, they'll think this is a glass of water. So we'll say, thank you for the glass of water, brother. Mm-hmm. That person, improviser one, thought it was a flower. So if they say, no, 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 this is a flower, this is not a glass of water, the show is over. If improviser one Mm -hmm. says, yes, brother, that's why I'm here, because I love you, and that's why I brought you this glass of water. So as an improviser, then you are yesing that person and then adding something else to it. Yes, so as an improviser, you actually can decide to continue with the story can decide at what direction the story goes to but yeah. you can also stop things you can stop the story you can story block we call it blocking block. yes and this is just an example of what we create on stage based on a concept that in real life we can use we can build our life we can progress our life we can move forward just like in the previous chapter we can move forward if we go step by step if we present If we are anxious about the future, then we will stop at a crossroad and not be able to make a decision. Um, So, you call this becoming human. Yes. I think many want to reach that. Many strive to do that. And then many have not even reached that by the age of their deathbed, actually. Have you reached that point? Definitely not, and that's what's that's what makes improvisation exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Because the more I learn, the more I get new insights about how can I become more human. Um, so it's something that you keep doing, and yeah. it's something that you keep learning as you practice it more. Because you'll always have fears, you'll always develop fears in your mind, you always have worries and anxieties in life, and these will reduce, they become less and less as you become more in the moment, as you become more connected with the people around you, as you listen better to others, mm-hmm. as you, you're more conscious you're of more the conscious environment around of you. yourself and the environment around you. And, and this is the time when you become more human. A more human person is not a person who is distracted. Mm-hmm. While I'm talking to you, I could be distracted on my phone, then I'm less human, I'm robot, because my autopilot is telling me, pull up the phone and start checking Facebook or Instagram. So your call to action is turn off your autopilot and live in the moment. Yes. Technically. Yes. I think that the art of listening is also uh, uh, an art itself to be, to live in the moment. You know, turn off your autopilot. So 
You said seven chapters, and you said like the last chapter is something about, well, I mentioned it, uh, the chapter without the title. Is, is the chapter seven, is that still the present, or is it talking about the future? What you aim for personally, work-wise, career-wise, what is it about? I think chapter seven, if I want to call it now a name, I would call it um, finding clarity um, in confusion. Finding clarity? In confusion. Okay. That's what I want to call it. And maybe the name might change if you come and talk to me in a couple of months. But right now, that's my chapter that I'm living right now. So this is a current present? Yes. Chapter? Yes. Clarity and confusion? Now that... I learned about something that is limitless. It's unlimited what you can learn in improvisation. The areas that you can apply improvisation to is endless. You can apply it to entrepreneurship, you can apply it to relationships, you can you can apply it to um, to to brothers, sisters, you can apply it to friends, you can apply it to teacher student relationship, you can apply it to a doctor patient. You can apply improvisation everywhere and you can improve the quality of our lives. Now that I know this endless area, unlimited area of explore, place I can explore, I find myself confused about where to start from. And, um, and this is where I'm trying to find clarity in that confusion. And I'm trying to link what I'm doing right now as much as possible with the thing that interests me the most. And what interests me the most right now is improvisation mm -hmm. and how it can be used to help people get rid of their fears, connect with their passions and connect those passions with their purpose. And I just listen to your words. You actually prioritizing yourself of your personal interest and linking it again to others so it, there is something in you in your dna yeah. where you're always trying to whatever it is for coaching whatever you know for improvisation to i would say help support but you're linking it to others to find something else for yeah. them something that is interesting is i thought that i quit social media because um i was decluttering and reducing things in my life but the main reason why I quit social media is because I don't want to make, to enlarge my impact so much right away from the beginning. I want to focus on a small group of people. I want to stop thinking that I need to impact the lives of millions of people. Why can't I really improve the life of few people mm -hmm. and improve it more than just a single post that I post on Facebook where someone gets inspired, but actually change someone's life by focusing on a small group of people, uh, focusing on the immediate community around me. Mm -hmm. And by leaving social media, I was declaring that I want to leave the mindset of wanting to spread my impact to a huge number of people. And by, being, by, by saying to myself that it's okay to just influencing the life of one, two, three, or ten people, um, and and I and it's it's really helping me so much 
and in focusing mm. and on myself. Yes. Because now it's not about the tool and the means of communication. It's not about my account. It's not about the, the virtual Nasser mm-hmm. that's out there on Facebook that's posting because that's a different personality. It's about Nasser in real life. In the end of the day, you focus again. Who is the human? Who needs to be a human being? Mm-hmm. So improvisation is applied to me as much as it's applied to others. Any single game that I apply in my trainings right now, because that's what I do, I mix it with my trainings. I mix it in my discussions everywhere. I'm in the workplace. It's yes, there at home. I can tell. Everywhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I the workplace for us is like a big stage <laughs> where improvisation theater takes place 24 every, hours. Every day there's a show. At every the, day there's a show. <laughs> and, and I apply these games on myself. I apply this concept on myself before I teach them to others. So that's why I need to find clarity in the confusion. How can I become more knowledgeable about that area? How can I become a better improviser in between brackets, better human being um, and learn the best ways to teach those tools and to teach improvisation in between brackets, being human to others. Nice. Very nice ending, actually. Oh, very nice. Is it really an ending? It's not the ending. I'm still like a few few more more years. What do you mean ending? Yeah, I know. It's um, you know sometimes (laughs) we have to accept the reality. (laughs) 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 I have a few more questions actually. Uh, One question, uh, and I liked how you ended up with like this is a goal um, um, for the um, being human. Copyright quickly. What Mm. do you don't want other people to copy from your life? We're talking about copyright. Oh, oh. In every book, there's a copyright. Oh. Do you want other people to copy you? Oh, or you say, anyone who's listening to me right now. Yeah, should not copy this. This is part. really an important message. You can hear me, right? Everyone. Just not. Okay. I think that didn't fall asleep yet. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing of what I said uh, cannot be copied. Everything is open. I believe that whatever, and I, and I mentioned this during the podcast, nothing of what I create, and I believe nothing of what anyone in this world creates is owned by them. We think that we create things, but they are basically inspiration from sources around us. If you don't, so if they are things that we get from something higher than us, we're just vessels. We transfer these messages. And if you don't believe in that, check the cover of the book once nice. Daniel posts it because there are letters and words flying from all over the place. All over the place. These are not mine. The very last question I usually ask people, like, where can they find more about you? And obviously they cannot find oh. something on social media. Mm. So Mike, that's a tricky question. How can people get in touch with you? Not necessarily follow you on social mm. media, whatever. Definitely get email. Get in touch. How? Email. Definitely email. Okay. Um, they can contact me. I can leave the email. It's uh, nsugayr at gmail.com. It's hard to pronounce my name. Um, I put on show notes. So you <laughs> a lot of emails, no? Feel free to email me uh, anytime. I promise to get back. Uh, Within the next 20 years? Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> um, I promise to get back uh, within 48 hours. I check okay, my Gmail. Pro- I check my Gmail regularly. Okay. And... Um, 
and uh, it, because it's the only thing left. And there's also WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. These are the three things that are available in my life. Brilliant. Uh, but I promise email, it will always be there. It's just that WhatsApp and Messenger, you never know. I may leave them anytime. Thank you. Thank you no, so thank much, Nasser. This is very helpful. I can see we, my book in my hands. Now. We just literally almost mm. reached two hours uh, having the podcast. <laughs> you have your book already written in your hand. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, that's great. That's nice. What I learned in the end, I learned that it's not all about achieving something. It's about living in the moment. Yeah. And that's what I want. Uh, I truly, uh, truly appreciate that talk with you. And I actually lived in the moment when I was just listening to you. Ah. And every time I see you on the stage at work, literally. Thank you so much, Daniel. It's, it's really amazing. I'm really happy that, I, that, uh, that I'm here because I'm, it's, 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 it's one, of the, one of the ways that I can communicate the things that I haven't been able to communicate over the last few months since yes. I dropped social media and disconnected from the virtual yeah. world. So I really appreciate that you're opening this platform for me to yeah. share my message. And as I said before, before I started the, uh, the recording, you have messages what other people should know and should listen carefully because that's what it's about, living the moment and being a woman. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Nasa, for taking time. Thanks and a lot. then I see you next time. Literally. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. No, tomorrow is weekend. Sunday. After the weekend. Sure, after the weekend. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks. See you. Bye bye. So, this was Nasser. You can find more information about Nasser not really on social media because he quit social media. However, on his older posts on Medium. But you can also reach him via email or on Facebook Messenger. And I leave all the details in the show notes. So please leave some comments. What did you like? What did you like most? What topics? Who else do you want to hear? What other topics you would like to cover? Please leave some comments. You can find me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at bydanieldotwick. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Just never give up. Always look up. See you next week.